Hey, look at him. He got his computer. He's ready to preach. At this time, let's receive him. Pastor Fowle, come on up here and preach the word. Praise God. The church is alive. Amen. I see you, Chad, boy. God is good. You know, we've been, uh, I'm just going to get right into it. Uh, if you'll just open your Bible to Revelations chapter 5, we're going to go through 9 through 10. Waste no time here. God's here. Let's just do this thing. Amen. You guys there? All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read it. And, and they sang, sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open up its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. And out of every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and he shall reign on earth. Amen. You know, we've been learning the past uh, couple of weeks that the cross is the ultimate example of God turning bad into good. Amen. That God is able to turn a curse into a blessing. Amen. See, crucifixion was meant to, to inflict, inflict that maximum amount of shame and torture upon the victim. Roman crucifixions were carried out in public, so all that who saw the horror would be deterred from crossing the Roman government. Crucifixion was, was a horrible, horrible that it was reserved only for the worst offenders. But God changed that, amen? Jesus, uh, what he called it, went and died on the cross, and he turned it, from, it, turned it into a victory. Amen? The cross is a symbol of deliverance and freedom. See, the cross is a reminder of what Jesus did for us. It is a powerful symbol to remind us of the price that was paid for our redemption. You know, sometimes, you know, the cross is a symbol. We need symbols, amen? Because we serve an unseen God. And when we see the cross, it reminds us of what God did for us, amen? So we should never lose the wonder, the amazement, and the admiration of the cross. We should never get so familiar with the cross that we say, I've heard it before. Because we are people of, uh, people of the cross. Our salvation is founded on the cross. So let's, not, let's always be amazed at the cross. This is the greatest love, story, uh, love story ever told, amen, that God, a God that loved, would love you and I Sent his only begotten the son to die for our sins. So I want to re uh, reflect on two, uh, two questions. And a lot of times people, why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? I want to wrap that up in two answers. One, redemption. Two, re uh, reconciliation. Jesus died on the cross to redeem us. Redeem us. Verse 9 says, with your blood, the cross, you purchased for God's persons for every tribe, every language, and, every, and, and people, and nation. And the New Living Translation says, your blood was ransomed, ransomed people for God. King James Version says, 
Jesus has redeemed us to God by his blood. It is the blood, amen. It is the blood, amen. See, the word blood is a metaphor of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Redeemed says the action of buying something back. You were purchased, amen. You were bought back. So what, what, is, what was the need for buying us back? Where did this uh, redemption, where did this uh, need of redemption come from? You got to go all the way to Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. It says, you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but when you eat from it, you will certainly die. We all know it didn't take long for Adam and Eve to do exactly what God told them not to do. Amen. They disregarded the command of God. They disregarded the instructions of God. They disobeyed God. See, the moment they ate the forbidden fruit in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, sin entered into the world. Death entered into the world. Misery entered into the world. Chaos entered into the world. Amen. Slavery entered into the world. The very moment that Satan gained, that very moment Satan gained control over us in that moment. See, Satan began to rule over us. Sin made us hostages to Satan. Okay, they've been held hostage. Yeah, thank God you guys have it because it's no joke, amen. You feel handcuffed. You can't do nothing, amen. They put you in a place where you can't move. You can't scream. You are held hostage. That's what Satan does to us. Sin made us prisoners of Satan. All humans beings apart from Christ are still under the power of Satan. All human beings apart from Christ are held hostage by Satan in this kingdom. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 26, talks about Satan taking people captive to do his will. 2 Chronicles, uh, 2 Corinthians, my bad, chapter 4, verse 4, says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Apart from Christ, the world is under the, the power of Satan, whether you realize it or not, whether you want to accept it, whether you believe it. There is no neutral ground in this thing. Amen? But not us, amen? Those who are, uh, belong to Jesus, those who are born again, those who follow Christ, not those that belong to the kingdom of God. The Bible, the Bible is clear. We have been bought back. Colossians chapter 1, chapter 13, I mean verse 13, says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us in the kingdom of the Son he loves and whom we have redemption for, the give, for forgiveness of sins. Amen? Redemption means that we have been set free. Somebody. The slave has been set free. Some of you brothers have ever been locked up. You understand what I mean? Amen? When you walk out of that jail, amen, how did you feel? Set free. Amen. Never to go back there again. Hopefully somebody. <clears throat> See, we're free to be husbands and wives we were born to be. Husband, you don't have to be that jerk at home. You don't have to be that jerk to your wife. Amen. You were set free. Somebody. <laughs> wives, you don't have to be nagging. It got quiet. <laughs> you were set free. Repeat after me. You were set free. You were set free. 
you know, we're free to be fathers and mothers we were born to be. You know, if your parents were abusive, you don't have to be. You were set free. Somebody. You know, we, we were uh, free to be sons and daughters. Sons and daughters, we were meant to be children. Listen up to me. We got some children. We got some teenagers here. You don't have to be disrespectful to your parents. You don't have to have, have an attitude when they tell you something to do. Clean your room. Take the trash out. You have been set free. Somebody. See, if you're not walking in the freedom, then you're not walking in the freedom of Christ. Christ bought for you. You know, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 says, In Christ we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Redemption means no longer live under the burden of sin. What it does mean, we are set free. We know What does it mean that we're set free from the burden of sin? No more, no more memories to haunt you. No more fear. No more, dis, uh, no more dis, uh, despair. The debt of sin has been canceled. The chains have been broken. You know, the devil likes to play. This is the battlefield here, amen? And he's constantly haunting your mind. The shame, the guilt. Amen? See, when the devil uses guilt and shame to hold you back, you need to yell back, I've been redeemed. Psalm chapter 107, verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord says, say so, and who that redeemed from the hand of the enemy. See, when the devil tries to remind me of my past, I yell back, I've been redeemed. When the devil tries to remind me of my failure, I yell back, I've been redeemed. When the devil tries to remind me of who I used to be, I yell back, I've been redeemed. Amen. Sometimes you need to talk to the devil because he's constantly in your head. Amen. He's probably in your head right now. See, that's my payback is when I yell back at the devil. Amen. Because the devil's constantly trying to remind us of, of what we were. But God wants to remind us who we are in Christ. Amen. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 says, for, no, for know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life. You inherit from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without blemish or spot. Amen. See, redemption shows the tremendous value God puts upon, uh, upon you and I. You are loved by God. You are highly valuable by God. You are the apple of God's eye. Amen. You are the jewel on his crown. Somebody, he loves you. Amen. You are God's valuable treasure. Look at yourself. Unvaluable treasure of God. So when you're going through that, this is what you need to remind yourself. That you're valuable unto God, amen. The price of our redemption is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The greater price was, there was no greater price ever paid for anything or anybody. When we say redeem, I'm not talking about a coupon where you purchase something for a cheaper price, Amen. God bankrupted all of heaven. He went all in for you and I. He spared no expenses. You were valuable. He loved you that much that he would send Jesus to die for your sins. 
See, if you're still burdened by sin, there's hope for you in the kingdom. If you are still burdened down by shame, there's still hope for you in the kingdom. If you feel that you're still hostage, you're still held hostage by the kingdom of darkness, there is hope for you in the kingdom of God. Psalm chapter 130, verse 7 says, Put your hope in the Lord, for the Lord is unfailing love with him is full redemption. Full redemption. Not just some part redemption. It's full, amen? See, the second thing I want to look at is reconcile. Because Jesus died on the cross to reconcile you and I. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 says, And you have been redeemed. And, you, and I'm reading the wrong scripture here. <laughs> Revelation chapter 5, 9 says, And you have redeemed us to God. I want to focus your attention on that short phrase that says, unto God. You are reconciled, redeemed unto God. This is the, uh, the idea of reconciliation. The cross reconciles us to God and his kingdom. Amen? Reconciles us to restore right relationship, to bring back together, to make peace. It's a word when they wanted to speak of marriage being put back together. How many of you guys know that? Divorce could be brutal. It, it could be ugly, nasty, right? But re reconciliation is a picture of making peace after war. Remember when the kingdom of God was originally launched in uh, Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we had a right relationship with God. We had a right relationship with one another. Your relationships here, men, are torn up. Amen? We had a right relationship with the world. We, had a, we, we were to have dominion over the world. But, but the sin of Adam and Eve messed everything up. We live, how many of you guys know we live in a broken world? Everything around us is broken, amen? I mean, we're, when sin came into the world, we were made sin. We're sinners, amen? I don't know if you guys know that. We lost everything. We lost our relationship with God. We lost our relationship with one another. We lost our harmony with the world. And the reason there's so much violence and murder and chaos throughout our cities and the world is because of sin. I know, uh, what do you call it, our politicians are crying out, gun control, gun control. But what we need is sin control. And only the cross could control that, amen. Jesus died on the cross for that, amen. So Jesus died on the cross to give us a gift of reconciliation. Colossians chapter uh, 1, verse 20. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in the minds, in your mind because of your evil behavior, but now you have been reconciled by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Amen. Some of you guys need to, need to get a hold of that. Without blemish and free from accusation. Because I know, man, the devil begins to accuse you. Amen. You're trying to live for God. He gets in your head. Man, who do you think you are? Don't you know what you did? Somebody. Y'all get quiet. Don't let the devil lie to you. 
you've been redeemed. Amen. God has reconciled you. Amen. I'm telling you, I battle that all the time. Being accused. My past comes up. Somebody. It won't leave you alone, but I'm going to tell you, man, you need to cry out, man. I've been redeemed. Sometimes you got to say, shut your mouth, devil. I've been redeemed. Some of you Christians get too well, too soft. I rebuke you. Hey, constantly, you need to get a hold of God. You need to, have to use the authority of God. See, the cross didn't just redeem us, but it brought us back together with God. Amen. The cross didn't just free us, but it brought us back into the family of God. Amen. Reconciliation is God and man ending their battle and declaring themselves family again, as they were before the fall. See, reconciliation means when we move from God's, to God's enemies to God's family. Reconciliation is the reversal of the fall. Reconciliation is to bring us close to him again. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now you have been united with Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. For through Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Therefore, you no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens of saints and the members of God's household. See, God didn't, God didn't just free us, but he brought us into kingdom of, the, the, his kingdom, his family. And we have all the rights, all the privileges, all the blessings, amen. This is the power of the cross. This should move us to live for him, amen. This should move us to serve him, amen. This should move us to love him. Now, I want to call the worship team up. I just want to kind of reflect on the cross this morning. You know, you're here this morning. Two words you can leave. You have been redeemed. God has reconciled you unto him. I want you just to take a minute and begin to reflect on that. God, and you thank God that he loved you and I so much that he brought us back, that he redeemed us. Nothing else can redeem you, church. Your good works, taking communion, being baptized, that don't save you, the cross does. The blood of Jesus does, amen. Thank God that he's done the work that we can get it right. You're here this morning and you may be far, far away from God. It's no coincidence you're here this morning. God has drawn you. He has drawn you to the house of God. 
And he wants to let you know that he loves you. He loves you. You're here this morning. And God is dealing with you. He's pulling at the heart of you. He's pulling at your heart to come back home, to get it right. You're here this morning, and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You just raise your hand. We'll find it a privilege to pray with you. Anybody here this morning, God is tugging at your heart this morning. Maybe you're a backslider. Bible says that God is married to the backslider. You've been out there long enough, bro. Sis, it's time to come back home. You're here this morning, and God is speaking to you. Anybody here this morning will find it a privilege. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Praise God. Anybody else? Can I have some leaders and pastors who will pray for this sister right here, somebody? This sister in the front row. Sis, look at me. Thank you. You're going to make the best decision ever in your life. She's going to pray for you. Thank you, sis, for being bold. Bro, that's you. Anybody can pray for my brother right here. Ed, Ed, thank you for being honest. God is in the house, amen. He's in the business, amen, of reconciling. He's in the business of redeeming this morning. Saints of God, we still got hope, amen. There is still hope. You don't have to feel the shame, the guilt. You don't have to have those bad, haunted memories, amen. You don't have to feel that fear no more. You've been redeemed. God has reconciled you unto him. I want to encourage you this morning as a church that we never take for granted the cross. That we never take for granted we look at the cross as some kind of bling bling. Some kind of, some kind of what do you call it, uh, decoration. It's a symbol of an unseen God and how he died on the cross for us 2,000 years ago. Whenever I see the cross, it's a reminder that God would love someone like me. I went from, he grabbed me from disaster and maybe a pastor, somebody. Give him glory. And he's able to do greater, greater things than he's done in my life in your life. So I want to encourage you, church, that you plug in, you get involved, you get connected, man. Let's take the kingdom by storm, amen. One preacher, one evangelist says, and I love it, he said, uh, let's plunder hell so we can populate heaven. Somebody. I want to call Pastor, uh, Pastor Martin. God bless you guys.